Hello everyone, I am Wanayur Dekescu and you're listening to the We Include podcast. Here we seek to bring you the most relevant and off-the-shelf diversity and inclusion initiatives. Today we're landing in the Netherlands, home of the Do Good Only Company, a female-founded social enterprise focused on digital inclusion. They build and roll out programs to teach practical data science and analytical skills in open and inclusive communities. Our cohorts of data professionals complete an intense technical program, personal development and leadership and paid traineeship. This is what they promise. Additionally, and this is what I really like, they work with clients to help them invest in their existing teams and retrain them in these areas. We have today Carolyn Williams, founder and powerhouse of the initiatives, who is a treasure of ideas for a more inclusive and empowered workforce. I'm happy to share our conversation with you today. Hello, Caroline. So excited to have you here. How are you today? I'm good, Juana. How are you? Not too bad. I see the the banner behind you and I see all the values uh, for the Skills Up Lab. And I'm very, very curious what actually is happening in there on a day-to-day basis. So I'm very happy to have you here to talk about that, actually. Well, thank you uh, for giving us the opportunity to talk about the things that we love to do. Um, Here in the Skills Up Lab, we are focused on teaching people things like practical data science, artificial intelligence, personal leadership skills, um, all with the goal of creating employment opportunities and changing the face of who works with data and AI and who works in IT. And um, we're a space where we run everything by what our four core values are, which are inclusion, trust, curiosity, and honor, which we refer to as itch. So mm-hmm. it's really easy to remember. You know, you can't get lost. <laughs> and if you feel like you've got a little scratch, well, what's your itch? <laughs> um, and we've been doing this now for four years. We run an open program. So everyone is welcome. Um, yeah. And everybody is, and, and it's a matter of, you know, what do you want to bring to the community? What do you want to learn from the community? Uh, what do you need from the community? Um, what's your personal resilience? And what's your personal story? And what's your desire to learn new things? So you mm-hmm. don't have to have a background in IT or you don't have to know how to have a higher mathematics. What I need from you is to be curious and to be motivated. Mm-hmm. And for the rest, you know, we can do something from there. So, And... Tell me a little bit what's because I have seen Skills Up Lab and the Do Good Company, Do Good Only Company, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what's the connection? Is that an umbrella for multiple projects that you're running at the moment? Is it just like, yeah? Yeah. Okay. Um, so the Do Good Only Company is our mothership, if you yeah. will. Yeah. And then, um, so what happens is people who come to our Skills Up Lab programs, those are all of our training programs, whether it's Python, whether it's data science, whether it's machine learning, whether it's web development or power skills, they all come into the lab and then they learn. Mm-hmm. And then when they've completed their training, we have been working with them to find employment. But for a lot of them, the next step is finding that first job in yeah. IT or when returning to the labor market. And then they become employed by the Do Good Only Company, which is mm-hmm. our our working arm, if you will. And yes. while they're employed with us, um, they get a chance to further develop their skills. We work with them to find a permanent long-term employer um, so that we're making room then for the next generation. And also in the time that they're working for the company, 
we're building services, technical services and prototypes for female founders and social impact Mm -hmm. um, projects so that the loop is continuous, right? They're able to use their skills to directly contribute to more female founders and social impact founders getting further. And those projects are paying for us to be able to run the training programs to train people because we don't work like a regular um, boot camp where the commercial boot camp that, Mm -hmm. you know, other people have access to, because we don't, if we really want to break and break open uh, the future, then we need to make sure that the access is all inclusive, Mm -hmm. that it's not Mm -hmm. only if you can afford it, only if you've studied at the right schools or or only if you have the right network. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So that's how they're connected. Yes, but it's a very interesting business model as well. And I think it's very important to talk about how organizations or initiatives like this sustain themselves, right? So yeah. is is this something that you discovered over time? Hey, we should actually approach this cyclical way or... It's, it, it was, there were always sort of little, I've always gone out from the perspective that you should Mm -hmm. just do business the right way from the beginning. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I mean, I know the traditional model is do business, then go to philanthropy and then, you know, make your change. (laughs) I I disagree. Um, And so when I was first, um, when I was still employed, uh, I now say I'm completely unsuitable for (laughs) gainful employment anywhere after having been an entrepreneur. Um, When I was still employed, I remember I was looking at, uh, we were, uh, my last project when I was still employed was that um, I built uh, an, um, the Azure Academy for Data Science mm-hmm. for Microsoft Netherlands in partnership with Techionista and the arena, the Johan Cruyff Arena in Amsterdam. And the pilot was, to, we needed to find women to retrain to data science. And I was like, I'll absolutely do that. No doubts. That's And I'll do it in a quarter. And so they were like, really? And I'm like, yes, really. And so while I was participating in the interviews and I was sitting there with um, the partner from Techionista, we were interviewing, We I think we interviewed almost 200 women. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was like, and I remember saying to her, can you imagine if you had all of this talent in one company? And that's sort of where the first seeds began to be planted in my own head. You know, I was like, if you were to take all of these women from all of these diverse backgrounds and put them together in one company, what could you not do? Right. (laughs) So fast forward a few months later, um, as with all organizations, reorganizations happen and I get the news that my Mm. job is is being reorganized. And so I was still in the middle, I was in the middle of, of still teaching because we were halfway through the the academy and I was like, well, I want to finish that, but I don't want to stop doing this. Yes. And so they were like, well, um, you can, you can have a recruiter, you can have, you know, the, 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 the steps that they take to help you find Success. your way, yeah. you mm-hmm. know? And I was like, no, that's not necessary. <laughs> They were just like, what? I'm like, I am doing what I love right now. I could not imagine not doing it. I might not do it here, but I'm not going to stop doing it. And so I said, and I'm going to finish. And when the, I'm going to get these, all these 24 women through and get them certified. And then the moment the last one had turned in her final project, I was standing, um, 
I'm standing at the appointment for at the lawyer's office to sign my articles of incorporation for the company. Yes. And that was on July 13th, 2018, which sometimes seems like a lifetime ago. Um, but what I wanted was I wanted to have that company that I had initially been thinking about, that mm-hmm. place where everyone is welcome, where all of the talent, all of the sheer amount of talent and experience that you bring together provides for unbelievable opportunities to innovate, to think differently, to to challenge existing systems, to come up mm-hmm. with new solutions. And I wanted a company where everyone felt welcome. I didn't want to leave tech. Most women yes. leave tech, right? Yes. After 10 years, we all know the statistic, 50% yeah. of women leave technology and don't come back. I wasn't, I was determined because I'm stubborn. I was like, I am not going to leave tech. I'm going to have tech my way, you know, which <laughs> is arguably some days a little easier than others. Um, I'm sure. <laughs> but that's what really motivated it. And that's what made me determined you know, not to go on and just go to another large tech company because I could have, you know, you already have the network, you have the skills, you have the reputation, but then you're just exchanging environments that are relatively similar to each other. Just one is maybe a little bit better. And then until that one doesn't do it anymore, you don't know. know. (laughs) And, but the problems that exist are generally systemic problems Mm -hmm. and so the only way to change that is to do it yourself okay and that's how the company got its start first role but it's interesting right but what i what i found out during this interviews where we include is that people don't necessarily start where they say you start so it's like hey there was the seed because it's like if you go back in time Mm -hmm. and you think what pushed you or allowed you to take mm-hmm. this path now. Is there mm-hmm. anything like, I don't know, childhood, teenage, young, young, early age around like, this is probably why I'm doing this because the, usually the, the, the reasons behind are much yeah, deeper yeah. or. It's true. Um, I have my whole life um, from, I grew up in a military family. So I already have a natural <laughs> issue with authority. <laughs> with authority. <laughs> um, it's, it, but I grew up moving every year. Oh, so okay. you need to learn at some point when you're the new kid at school every time, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. who am I? What's important mm-hmm. to me? Mm-hmm. Where? Because no matter where you go, you're going to be different. You're not going to fit in. You will you know, project yourself differently. They will perceive you differently depending exactly. on yeah, everything. And being in that, as a having that as a childhood, having it as a childhood and being exposed to all of these different places, to me that was just normal. Yes. Um, and it wasn't until much later that I figured out, oh, well, some people know people they've been to school with their whole lives, you know. And I, I the only people <laughs> I know that long, yeah, <laughs> the only people exactly, the only people I know that long are like my brothers, you know. And so, yeah. um, all of these things, and I worked in a lot of, um, I always worked in places where women didn't belong, mm-hmm. per se, per se, and yeah. um, and also I also left school to, to, I left university to go home because my parents were divorcing and my mother need, you know, I had three younger brothers who mm-hmm. the stability was needed. So I, yes. I left school, but I made sure because my, 
my parents didn't like that idea. I made sure yes. that I got expelled from school that I could never go back. Right. So I'm always taking it one <laughs> level higher to make sure that I can really take that action. Um, and then I was 36 when I finally got my bachelor's and I'm a self-taught techie and I got into technology because I had three jobs, one of them mm-hmm. for United Airlines at mm-hmm. the time of 9-11. And I lost a job overnight because of what happened there, of course. And suddenly I was like, how long can I hold three different jobs for long term? I've been doing it for three or four years, but this is, this is not a future. So I was like, huh, computers, they keep talking about them. You know, maybe, (laughs) maybe I should, maybe I should look into this. And the first, so I bought one secondhand and I, um, I started playing with the RAM because I needed more memory because I had nothing. And I immediately (laughs) fried my motherboard because Mm -hmm, I didn't ground myself mm -hmm, before mm -hmm, I touched it. mm -hmm. So that started me taking classes on a Saturday to learn how to do hardware, which led to my first job supporting joysticks and games for Christmas. But that first job (laughs) paid me $18 an hour. Yeah. And I had never earned that much money in my life. Yes. I had never earned that much money in my life. And I was Mm -hmm. per hour, you know, and I was like, I earn more in one job per hour than I work in, than I earn in three hours for the rest of my jobs. Yes. I was like, okay. And so that started it. And that's also something that I'm mindful of to today, you know, Mm -hmm. it's like it in some ways, being able to work in IT or in technology is a far quicker path to equity. I won't say equality, but to equity and to redistributing the imbalance mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than waiting and waiting and waiting. Right. Yes. Yes. Uh, and that's important to me. And I see, you know, people who've been through our program and they go from their, 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 ability to earn a higher wage and to provide for their families and to set a a different standard and that their children think it's totally normal that mommy is a programmer, right? (laughs) This is a, this is a way of breaking through all of those things. Yes. Super interesting. But I think we're working also in technical recruitment for a lot, a long time and relocating, importing talent, Mm. exporting talent, whatever it was. Because when I was in Romania, we were sending talent all over Europe. Mm -hmm. When I, then I moved to the Netherlands, we were kind of taking people from everywhere. And you see the generational wealth Mm -hmm. shifting from a moment where it's like, oh, I actually didn't have a toilet in the house for my entire years of growing up. Now this is, as you say, the reality for future generations Mm -hmm. will not even know about the previous reality in a way, right? Like we have options to create uh, new, better realities for, for, for those coming after. And I think for, for what you were saying, the women didn't belong in yeah. Do you see that is changing? Because let's say I have my perspective now, but I'm curious, mm-hmm. having in mind the adventures that you've been through for from a career, but also personal, uh, moving so many countries as well, probably, and seeing different states, status quo, right, in each country, yeah. and like where women are welcome. Yeah. What do you think about tech? I think every society still struggles with making people mm-hmm. feel welcome. Mm-hmm. I had this conversation the other day that I am tired of being referred to or referred to as minority founders, right? <laughs> that yes. we are, that we are, whether we are women, whether we are people of color, whether we are LGBTQ, or we are referred to as minority founders mm. or, you know, minority suppliers or minority this, 
The reality is we're the majority of the world. We may be the minority in who's holding access to the resources and mm-hmm. the existing, you know, the existing ladders, but we are the majority of the world. So mm-hmm. I'm like, it's not about a minority. It's about yeah. all the rest of us. Right. Yeah. I think that there are, I think that there are, particularly in the Netherlands, which is seen as a very tolerant country, is actually quite mm-hmm. conservative. Um, I think we underestimate how many systems there are in place that hold societal constructs yeah. firm, such I, as the I example agree. of that Wednesdays is a day where children, you know, yes. get out early from school and it's <laughs> expected that the mother, although, yeah. you know, the other parent could also do it. It's expected. Yeah. It's usually the it's, grandma, but <laughs> yeah. So, or that um, that the cost of childcare is prohibitively high, Absolutely. and so then you go to the partner who earns less money, as they're the mm-hmm. ones who are going to give mm-hmm. up the job. Mm-hmm. And then when you are in the workforce, there's the still the beliefs. As an entrepreneur, I've come up in them more than once, which is, you know, the questions about should I take that kind of risk? Do I dare to yeah. take that kind of risk? Um, it, I was told, I was given feedback by a very big four firm saying, you know, your program's really great. Um, the nice thing is, is that it's probably going to stay really small so that you can keep it going. <laughs> right. Very good. I like, appreciate it. Thank you for damning me with faint praise. You're lucky. I'm, I'm not really you know, worried about becoming the next unicorn. I have no desire to be. (laughs) But the thing is where we, where we forget is because we haven't experienced it, we assume it doesn't exist. And that could be with anything, but especially with regards to, and when we talk about women in tech, mostly we're talking about white women in tech. And mm-hmm. we're looking for, you know, that's 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 the first place that it goes to, and then it goes down accordingly across different different groups, and then and we're not having those conversations either. So we're failing to look at intersectionality, and we're failing to look at the entire system because we're focused on one, right? Yeah. And or we're focused on, and that is a problem. And that will be our, that will be, so long as we're all fighting against each other Mm -hmm. for that little space to make a difference, instead of being totally crazy and saying, you know what, I love the change that you're making. It's not the same change as how I'm making it, but I absolutely support you. I stand by your side Mm -hmm. in making that change. If we can shift to a model of solidarity we can have far more impact, right? But as long as we're busy, you know, being territorial, being being concerned with, you know, if I support you, does that mean that there's no room for me? And all those other yeah. ideas of scarcity, our impact is limited and we keep the status quo in place as much as the people who design the systems in the first place. But despite all that, you're here and you're trying to push this Absolutely. conversation into solidarity. Let we're on all in this together. We're mm-hmm. also when whenever even just like I don't know physical design of object. Whenever they're built for minority, it's very minority. Again, we're going in there. It's like it, it's useful for everybody. And I think this mm-hmm. is what we're trying also to show. Everything that is happening for those who are more in need, everybody wins, right? But yeah. if if you're looking at the the programs that you're implementing and the community that you're impacting, where do you, 
where do you have your pride moments? Where, what are some, some stories where you're like, these are, these are things that we will never forget. And these are things that yeah. we will take with us as the pinnacle, at least for now. Right. Because yeah. I'm, I'm sure you yeah. you have big plans and we're going to talk about that. I think, um, I think every step that somebody takes is to be celebrated. And I forget sometimes mm. how many steps people take because this is mm-hmm. my normal, right? Mm-hmm. My normal mm-hmm. is messing stuff yeah. up yeah. and yeah. fighting yeah. And, and making be- and seeing change happen. So I'm super yes. spoiled in that aspect. But I think the, the moments that stand out are when we have a young person that has come through the power skills programs that we open to the community. So you don't have to be learning IT to, do, mm-hmm. to participate. And they come back afterwards and they say, I think I've made a de- I'm making a decision to go back to school mm-hmm. because I now know I can learn something. And can you help me prepare for school? And mm-hmm. the, you know, and and then that's teach. And so, and that watching them take those steps, and they're effectively, up until that point, been a representative of what's wrong with today's youth. Right. Mm-hmm. That they 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 didn't finish their education. They're like, you know, they're just not really productive yet. They're not, you know, all of these things. But they're that asking them when they've already encountered so many struggles, yeah, seeing them still take that risk and say, I can do this mm-hmm. and I'm going to is a tremendous breakthrough moment. And to, for them to go back into the formal education system, which is a completely unintended benefit. I had no idea. Yeah. We had no idea that was going to happen. We just uh-huh. started noticing it. We were like, oh, wow, we should start measuring this, um, is tremendous. Having people graduate and leave them, yes. leave here and having them call and say, I got a permanent contract, which is a big deal in the Netherlands, right? For it sure. means that you can build a lot of certainty with with your em- employer because you know that, you know, it's not just for a year or for two years. You have a long yeah. term. You have you have finally some stability where you can say, I know, you know, for the next couple of years until I'm ready for my next step. Mm-hmm, I have a mm-hmm. steady income, mm-hmm. a steady income that does not come from the state, a steady income yes. that is, is dependent on... I control on, it and... Yeah, exactly, I and I choose where to spend it. Yeah. Where And that when I talk to people in my community who say, I, we never thought you could do it because, mm-hmm. you know, people like us aren't mm-hmm, in mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you see community doors going open in communities when you see people who have gone through exceptional life circumstances come back and take take this time and in this time because this is a safe place because this mm-hmm. is a place where we mm-hmm. learn 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 and mm-hmm. make mistakes that they they dare to go back out and yes. to try again and to succeed beyond their wildest expectations and then they're like i never thought it would happen and i'm like well you're the only one cuz i totally thought it would <laughs> and everybody on the team the, you know we all thought it would that's why we gave how you so much, much shit how you know? much it matters when somebody bets on you and says like you you totally got this like you have Absolutely. no fear yeah totally every, every person needs that every person mm-hmm. regardless of your age needs at least one person in their life that mm-hmm. is their one hundred percent fan. Yes, yes. You know, no matter what, that no matter how wild your idea, mm-hmm. no matter mm-hmm. what, there you need that one person to say to you, "Okay, if that's what you want, how are you going to get there? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And what do you need to get there?" 
you make it sound easy. So I'll, I'll take that as uh, it's not. <laughs> mm. um, because I, I know behind all these things, it's your work, it's your team's work. And of course, yeah. the, the community and the people who actually get involved. I'm very curious, who's, who's with you on this journey? Who is uh, kind of your yeah. fuel? Yeah. So, for, well, so I get to take my dogs to work, Henry and George, who just turned 17 last oh week. God. So they're, they, they come, <laughs> Happy they, birthday. Have a, they have a, a they're, um, you know, that's the best part about having your own business. You yes. decide the dog policy. Um, <laughs> but from the beginning, uh, Bjorn and Sumana have been like, I think two months after I signed my articles of incorporation, they were both sort of showed up in my path and said, um, whatever it is you're doing, we want to be part of it. Mm -hmm. So they've been, they've been with, uh, with me since the beginning and we're a good balance for each other in, in mm -hmm. that sense. So we've been able to, if the hundred plus people that we've trained over the last four years, we've been able to do that because we did it together. We also sometimes, mm -hmm. and Sumina once put it that our greatest ability is to see ability in others. Mm -hmm. which I think is mm -hmm. really, really key. Yeah. And we are not, we don't operate from the standpoint that people need sympathy. We're like here. Okay. That sucks. What are you going to do? Yeah. What are you going to do to, to change that? You know? Yeah. And so we've, we've gotten some feedback that people find our, our openness and our directness. Uh -huh. Uh -huh a little bit discomforting and I'm like, <laughs> but it's real. Maybe that's you know? what it is, right? The, the, and, the getting and, out of the comfort starts with day one. So yeah, <laughs> exactly. And we'll do everything for you mm -hmm. as long as you're running as well. Right. Mm -hmm. you, it's like, you, we can't care more about your life than you do. Yes. Um, and we have, and we have exceptionally high standards, which mm -hmm. also helps because most people have forgotten what it's like to be held to those standards because mm -hmm. society has sort of told them along the way. You can you know, only do this much. Yeah. And, and we don't believe that we're like, well, of course it may take you longer to be mm -hmm. able to do it because you have to do more preparation or you have to do more learning. But why wouldn't you, mm -hmm. you know? Mm -hmm. So we, we, we believe the impossible, you know, if mm -hmm. you, if, if you will. <laughs> so, and then in our team, you know, and then what happens is the people who finish our program, in their next year in, uh, in employment, their first responsibilities are to teach the next students. Mm -hmm. So that way the community becomes invest further invested in each other. It's not just one person that says, well, I completed this boot camp and I am now a rock star and I am going on. It's mm -hmm. their first responsibilities are to make sure that the generation after them is learning. Yeah. And, and, and that also builds your own confidence in what you know. And, and what you can teach. And we see such sure. growth like that. Mm -hmm. um, and those, and then um, there's the, one of the founders of the Heile Gebontjes, Rodney van der Hengel, who's our downstairs neighbor. He's a social, uh, is social entrepreneur mm -hmm. from for, before they even coined the term. <laughs> and he gives me so much energy. Mm-hmm. Because Why? if I'm ever having a day where yeah. I think that I can't beat the system, you know, or I can't make this change or my head hurts from banging it against the wall, <laughs> I go down, I go downstairs and I go look for him and I go look yeah. at the kids that mm -hmm. he are in his program. And I'm like, no, this is why we do it every day, you yeah. know? And at home I have a partner 
who is also in IT, um, but she is in a different discipline, and she's mm-hmm. completely calm mm. and 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 like stable. So you storm and in, and it's like, what's happening? I storm in, and you know, we had a conversation <laughs> once where we've had the conversation more than once where I've asked her, you know, would you if the situation was reversed, would you be the yes. entrepreneur? And she goes, Oh no. She goes, but it suits you and you're really good Mm -hmm. at it. And it's Mm -hmm. what you love. Mm -hmm. She goes, I can't imagine. She goes, even when it's hard, she goes, I can't imagine you doing anything other, anything Mm -hmm. different Mm -hmm. anymore. You're in it. You know, you'll keep building it, but you're, she goes, this is, this is you. She goes, me? No. (laughs) But that's that's where the balance comes from. Exactly. Yes. Yes. But it's so interesting. There's so many people and so from so many different, so some people actually work with you. Some people are just mm-hmm. outside the business altogether and some are just inspirational because of what they're doing. And I yeah. think this is a bit what matters all the time. There's a different type of energy that comes from mm-hmm. all directions that make that day or that week or that month a bit more whole. Yeah. Um, from this journey so far, what did you hope will happen by now? And it's actually harder than you estimated. Oh boy. Um, (laughs) Well, I had hoped by now, I thought that for sure we would, we had solved a problem in the market and Mm -hmm. that, you know, we would be able to be, we would be able to train many more people than we had already. But, you know, when we started, then Corona came. Yes. And then also, um, and our, and because of our model, because we're not subsidized, I can only teach as many students as I know that I have projects for. So and yeah. it's a constraint. Um, so, but I, in the beginning, I thought, you know, if you're an employer and you can have somebody who's got all of these up-to-date data skills, comes with also a healthy dose of ethics, because that's what we start everything with and is really eager to work for you and be prepared for you. Why wouldn't you want to hire them and, and have invested in their training? Right. Cause mm-hmm. they, have, you know, but I, I underestimated that the labor market at the time and still to mm-hmm. a great degree is we will invest in training in someone after we have decided to hire them. We won't do it before because we don't know that person and we would have to take a risk and, you know, all of the rest of it. And that's actually what led us to pivot to start offering then a job because we realized that the training alone wasn't enough, Mm -hmm. which also said, okay, well, how are we going to finance those jobs? Well, Mm -hmm. what market is not being served and where is there a problem? There's not enough female founders and social impact founders getting into incubators or next rounds of funding Mm -hmm. because they don't Mm -hmm. have prototypes. Let's orient that way, you know, but then you also, because the lack of capital trickles down, right? Um, Those, those projects are harder to find and take longer to put together because women have less access to funding. But by the time they actually get it, then they're used, then we've every, for everyone, for every female founder social impact project we have built something for, they've all gone on to a next step in their growth, which we think is Mm -hmm. fantastic and is proof Mm -hmm. that it works. Mm -hmm. But the scale that I would like to have it at is not And the hairiness. Yes. It's like, you started with one idea and now you have an octopus of different legs that you need to put together. But that's kind of okay because then you are looking at all of the places that you can impact change because there's the intersectionality piece again, right? That 
there are, if you want to create, if, if our goal is fundamentally that for us, the way we measure impact is that the people who leave us go on to, will not be unemployed again due to lack of skills or experience. Mm-hmm. I can't mm-hmm. control for other things like, you know, sickness or family circumstances, but it won't be because they don't have skills yeah. for today and the future mm-hmm. and that they haven't had that experience. But that's all. Yeah. I would have, I would, I would have, I would have liked to be larger per se mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. than, than we are now because we're building an ecosystem, but you know, it's taken a little longer and that's not well, necessarily there was also a, a pandemic thing. in the middle so i think uh, <laughs> yeah, yeah. There, there's a small path on the, on the on the back there but this is why we're here right and i think um maybe to to wrap it up a little bit it's what do you need next because i think the model the need is there um the community um mm. impact you is already visible and has scaling potential um where do you want more support? Where do you want to yeah. see more people getting it? Yeah. I think the biggest thing that we would like to see people help us accelerate our impact by saying, I either want to reskill my existing employees mm-hmm. rather than firing them or, you know, putting them out to pasture because the more diverse the data and AI workforce, the more ethical yeah. it's likely to be. Right. Because we'll have different perspectives. The other thing is, is I would love, you know, I would love to be able to say to, to people, if you come and learn here, there is a job for you with this employer when you leave. And it's a good Mm -hmm. employer, right? Mm -hmm. It's not a, Mm -hmm. it's not a revolving door kind of thing. It's something that you can build, build your life on. And I think also the other thing I would love to see is that more founders would have access to funds so that they can have us build stuff for them because that, and then later on they can hire because they have people Mm -hmm. who already know Mm -hmm. their stuff and Mm -hmm. love their stuff and want to help them, you know, in that case. So I, I really, all of those things will help us build this incubator of change, this amazing environment of change where everybody actually benefits You know, businesses benefit, governments benefit, individuals benefit, and the next generation benefits. And probably even, because the moment people receive support, I think they are much more inclined to consider what's good for the rest, not just for me, because you're kind of now looking at like, what's good for these communities? And then these Mm -hmm. communities go and pass it on. Um, And everything trickles from climate change to uh, social justice to uh, yeah interrelationships whether it's a personal life or professional life i think people then want to nurture that sentiment right that feeling that they had around like i've been supported and i i I can give back um if you feel exactly if you feel steady in where you are mm -hmm. right if you have that safety that feeling of safety you can take risk and you can take risk to innovate, which means you can take risk, whether it's in your child's school community, advocating for better learning, better access for all students, or whether it's working on solutions to help combat climate change, or whether it looks at social justice. All of those things require a degree of breathing room in mm-hmm. order to be able to take that risk. 
Yeah, and most and people don't what, have that breathing room. A lot of people don't have that breathing room because they are literally living from, yeah. you know, month to month. And especially, let's not even get to- started with <laughs> yes, energy costs no. and everything else. That financial instability, if mm-hmm, you will, mm-hmm. is what keeps people from being able to grow and to breathe. Because you're yeah. constantly in survival mode yeah. instead that, of being able to plan. That C in your itch is always stamped on. It's like, no, you need yeah. to not, not right. think beyond your means because you have exactly. like, good to put on Don't the table, the right? And it's exactly, right. Yeah. Very, very beautiful, everything you're doing. Um, I, I I think we can make an, another couple of episodes um, with all the initiatives you're doing. Um, I would love for uh, for us to stay connected. I think there is a lot to do in this space, considering the yes. organizations that are both in the Netherlands and across the European Union and beyond, of course. Um, but also more and more communities are being I would say also discovered as in need. So um, mm-hmm. I understand you are actually doing a month in Spain coming up uh, yes. for for a, a new community that we probably didn't pay attention to enough until now. Tell yeah, me a little so bit more. That's um, so. I'm part of the the. This is the first year that the Break Fellowship is being organized, and that's a a, a partnership out of the European Union uh, Corona Recovery Funds, which impact of. Mm-hmm out of Spain is coordinated with the Spanish gov- the Spanish ministers to create um, to create more opportunity for female entrepreneurs on purpose in the, mm-hmm. in the terms of the recovery and understanding that how we've been doing things has isn't working for anyone yes. right and so they really wanted to build this program that would not only benefit wherever you were in the entrepreneurial journey some some participants are still very much in the ideation phase and then there's like me who's been banging her head for four years <laughs> and you know is 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 in a different space but we're all working together and what happens is um the way it works is that for two months we are doing things with master classes like six hours a week on things like for example sustainable design um all of these topics that mm-hmm. are related to working from and with values so that you're not doing any further harm to people or planet or or anything else, it's sustainability is is core. Mm-hmm. And then um, as after your two months or the two months, then there's one month on location in Spain, working with a community based on what your strengths are, or what you wanted to learn mm-hmm. with a, t- a team of 12 other entrepreneurs. And I am going to um, Arroyo Molinos de Leon, which I didn't roll my R's on that one, but I'm still practicing my <laughs> Spanish. And the project, there's two projects there. There's the first project is uh, they want to find alternatives for people feeling that they must leave their villages in order to find work, particularly mm-hmm. for women, mm-hmm. um, because you're then you're creating a talent drain, right? That if everyone must go to the larger cities in order to become financially independent or to become more financially stable, what does that do? You create the villages will die. So the project that I'm participating in that's is uh, with the community is what are the options? What are the solutions to Mm -hmm. create options for women to become financially independent in that, in there without having to leave Mm -hmm. to go to Sevilla or to go to one of the other large cities. And then the other project in tandem, if we have time to do both is there's a project with waste, of course, Mm -hmm. because as services get reduced, 
then how do how do we deal with as human beings our our waste problem right mm-hmm, like mm-hmm. you know are, are yeah, we and especially in these areas right are i mean if you if you've used to just kind of bring it to the landfill and dump it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. or burn it that's also not working anymore so what can you do with that and are there so i'm really excited to be part of that and i'm <laughs> I, I can't wait, actually. Um, some people are like, oh, you're going to Spain for vacation. No. I'm like, no, I don't sit still long enough for that. I'm, I'm a nightmare what to go on vacation. vacation? With, you know, but for me it is because it's, it's yes. stimulation, it's a language, it's a new experience. And it's also building with, because that's the key to any solution, mm-hmm. right? If you build with, you stand in solidarity, then you come far further then if you come in from the position, I am an expert in what you need in order for you to have a better life, but I'll be leaving at the end of 30, you know, yes. five weeks and I'll expect you to implement it. I mean, it's any, that doesn't work with anything, whether it's a, no. whether it's a customer or whether it's a, a community partnership. So I am really excited to be part of this. And of course the goal is, is that, um, all of these women entrepreneurs create then a network with each other. Like the other day I saw somebody who said, I have, you know, I'm looking for a, a, v, a virtual assistant or blah, 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 blah. Does anyone have mm-hmm. experience? I'm like, surely in this group of 280 women, I bet there's someone who has a VA firm. Right. Yes. And they did and they connected. And so you're also building each other because that's the other thing. If women spent 10% of their income with other women entrepreneurs, mm-hmm. we would not have so many problems with access to finance and access to capital because we're all invested in supporting each other. And it's not just women who can spend money with women, but I'm just saying, yes. n- instead of looking to the outside world to solve that problem, we can make a choice, a conscious choice, where we spend our, our company budgets or our personal budgets, just 10%. Imagine what a difference that would make. We, we will see. I think you will tell us more in the next episode. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and maybe I will be fluent in Spanish by yes. then. Who knows? <laughs> Caroline, it's been amazing having you uh, for the show, sharing first the experiences, the personal grit that you put in all of this and really understanding where this can go. I think this is the most important part for me. Uh, as you say, the, the curiosity has sparked now all these things. Like I want to just close the call and start building okay. a network specifically with the people that I, I already think that one would benefit from working with you or you sh- you could benefit from working with them. So it's very interesting having you here. Um, I do appreciate sharing all the dreams and hopes. I think this is Thank also you. what fuels this and i love the energy thank you for for sharing it with us thank you anna for the opportunity i've I've really enjoyed the conversation thank you so much for staying with us for the entire episode you are the best if you enjoyed this conversation subscribe to the we include podcast on spotify or the podcast provider of your choice and don't forget to share in your networks it's highly appreciated you can find me on linkedin for suggestions of initiatives and topics you'd like to see covered in future episodes they are coming out weekly till next time take care